today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Everyone with a proud heart is an abomination to the Lord. If pride is driving your actions, Jesus himself said, You will have your reward. You will have your reward. And that reward of self-recognition with a pride-centered heart is temporary. Let me tell you, it's temporary. It's only for a moment, and life moves on, and your self-recognition is done and forgotten. Pride truly is one of the most detrimental attitudes we can have as followers of Christ. Whether it's our achievements, our giving, or our ego, our pride only harms us as well as others. In today's message, Pastor Eric reminds us that as disciples of Christ, our sole focus should be to glorify the Father rather than ourselves. Well, let's join Pastor Eric in the book of John chapter 7 for part 2 of his message, How Are You Living Life? Maybe you're doing things for the approval of man. Maybe you're looking to gain a relationship. Maybe you're, you're dressing a certain way to gain relationships, to gain friends, or even an intimate relationship. Whatever the heart may be, if it's selfish, it's not right. Because maybe you're looking for self-recognition to boost your own ego. I mean, to have the, hey, look at me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this to this person, and I'm going to say it to all the people around me so that they can see me, because I'm the man. I'm the man. You know? Maybe you're looking for self-recognition to boost your ego. But ultimately, self-recognition with the focus of self, which is pride, is wrong. So, is it wrong again to be recognized? No, it's not. Some, you know, you can be grateful for the hard work, I mean, that you performed. And if somebody says, hey, great job, hey, thank you. You know, really thank you. But know in your heart that you did it for a different reason, not for yourself. The Pharisees, you guys, remember the religious leaders of the day? They liked self-recognition. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew 6. He says, therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites. He often referred to the Pharisees as hypocrites, right? These guys, I mean, these are not your just guys off the street. These are the, this is the church right here. And Jesus is saying, you know, don't blow your trumpet as the hypocrites do in the synagogues, in church and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they will have their reward. Hey, Jesus also said this about the Pharisees in, in verse 5 of the same chapter. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they will have their reward. I mean, these guys were in their robes, and they knew the law, they knew the word of God. And they were in the church, boasting, proclaiming, wanting self-recognition. Look at me. Look how much money I am giving right now. Oh, $5,000 right here. That's me. Hey, do you see all these improvements around this building? I did them. 
Hey, isn't that good? You know, that rock back there, I, I gave the money for that. Or the benches outside. Or the chairs that you're sitting in. I didn't give that, by the way. All this I've inherited. <laughs> but the point being is the heart. Self-recognition, you guys, and I want you to, to pay attention to this. Uh, Self-recognition with a prideful heart even walks the hallways of our churches. Looking how good I am. Look how good I am. I serve in all these ministries. I know the Bible. I can pray beautiful prayers. I give thousands and thousands to the church. It even also walks in the hallways in a different way. Not just a boastful way, but also in a way of putting the attention on yourself this way. I serve. Maybe then others will see me serving and they'll, they'll want to hang out with me. They want to spend time with me because I serve in my local church. Hey, did people like the sermon? Let me go back and see how many people liked it on Facebook. Guilty. Wait a minute, that brother preached from the pulpit. Everybody's commenting how wonderful God was through him. Why don't they do that for me? Guilty. It's wrong. It's wrong. And, it, and I know that God has forgiven me, and I'm and confessing it in front of you guys because it's a serious problem. Because the glory is not for yourself, it's for God. It doesn't matter who's being used or what they're doing, if they're being obedient to God, then you should be cheering them on and saying, good for you, bro. Man, God has gifted you with the gift of teaching. Praise God that people responded to the message that he gave to you. Praise God that people respond to the way that you serve in their ministry. It's not about us. It's not about self-recognition with a prideful heart. Whatever the reason, self-recognition with a prideful, centered heart, it's wrong. It's just wrong. And I say it's wrong because pride is a sin and it goes against God. Proverbs 16.5 says this, Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join forces, none will go unpunished. Pride. Everyone with a proud heart, check that Record that one, write that down, go back to it often. Everyone with a proud heart is an abomination to the Lord. If pride is driving your actions, Jesus himself said, you will have your reward. You will have your reward. And that reward of self-recognition with a pride-centered heart is temporary. Let me tell you, it's temporary. It's only for a moment and life moves on, and your self-recognition is done and forgotten. Think about the Pharisees in the time of Jesus when he spoke about them, you know, standing on the corner, praying all elegantly, giving in front of everybody. Do you guys even know who they were? Besides just reading about them in the Bible? No, we don't know their names. I bet you don't even remember last year's Super Bowl MVP. Some of you might. Pastor Dwight probably knows. But, I don't. I don't. And so, the, the, get the picture, guys. Get what the Lord is trying to teach us. 
Because Jesus himself, it was not about self-recognition. Jesus said this in Matthew 20, 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Christ's heart was not to glorify himself again, but to do the Father's will. Jesus did not, and I truly believe this, he did not die on the cross to bring glory to his name. There is no way that a man would go through that torture to become a celebrity. He did it because his dad, his Abba, his daddy asked him to do it. Therefore, he was obedient. He even said in the garden, Father, if there is any other way, please. Not like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to the cross. Yeah, I'm going to die, but I'm going to go down and I'm going to be recognized. The spotlights are going to be on me. You know what? That wasn't his heart. His heart was for you. His heart was so that you could have a relationship with God. And so therefore, he paid the price. But ultimately, we see and we glorify Jesus for that. Because we can, because it was of God. It's okay to celebrate the things that God is doing in the people's lives. And what they're doing, what they're achieving, if they're being obedient to God, again, come alongside them. Praise God for what God is doing. Because we know with you, brother or sister, you are doing it for the glory of God. Therefore, we say thank you and good job. And the heart behind the person doing it for the Lord will say, thanks, you're welcome, but I praise Jesus. I praise the Lord. I praise God because without him, I'm nothing. He's given me all these gifts. He's given me all these talents. It's him. Look to him. He can do the same thing in you if you allow him. Guess what what uh, God inspired Paul to write? Check this out, you guys. In Philippians 2, 4, and 5, it'll be on the screen. It says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, right? Not looking out for yourself only. I mean, you do have to take care of yourself. You do need to eat, shower. Showering is good. But also look out for the interests of others. Because this was the same mind that was in our Christ Jesus our Lord. Then he goes on in Colossians 3.17, excuse me, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Colossians 3.23-24, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of your inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Again, there's the reason why you're doing it. You're doing it for the Lord Jesus, for your inheritance that Jesus Christ will give you. Why do we do things? Because we do them unto the Lord and not unto man, knowing that you will receive the reward of your inheritance. Man, praise God, for you serve the Lord. What a good word that is to us today as believers. And so what do we learn from these verses? Look not only for the interest of yourself, but the interest of others. Whatever you do, all in the name of the Lord Jesus, give thanks to the Father. And whatever you do, you do it unto God and not unto man. That's the kicker right there. Do it unto 
God and not unto man. But man is who we see physically. But God is with you always. Always. I love what Paul wrote also to the church in Rome. He says, For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. What a great insight that is. You know, the reason why this is such an impacting scripture and passage to me is because, again, falling into the daily routine of doing things for others, taking on each other's burdens, taking on just life. But you know what my responsibility is? What your responsibility is? To live life unto the Lord. To live life unto the Lord. Tim McGraw. How many of you guys have heard of Tim McGraw? Many of you. Well, he has a song. I promised Nicole I wouldn't sing. But the song is called Live Like You Are Dying. The song speaks about a man who finds out that he was dying. Receiving this news, the man changed his life. In the song, you know, it says that, you know, he loved deeper, he spoke sweeter, he gave forgiveness, right? Became a friend. He was a husband that he hadn't been. Uh, He finally read the good book, right? And he lived like tomorrow was a gift. He lived because he found out that he was dying, he changed his outlook on life. That he would start doing the things that weren't so focused on himself, but that would impact the world around him. And he lived, you guys, without fear because he went skydiving, rode a bull, right? Named Fu Manchu. See, I just want to sing it. But the point being is that his whole life changed when he got the words that he was dying. Well, here's some news for you guys. If you think dying would change your outlook on how to live your life, how about hearing the news that you have eternal life? How would that change your life? Hey, you're going to live for eternity because you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. How would, how would that hit you? You know, in the song, he says, how does it hit you when you get that kind of news? How does it hit you when you get the news that Jesus Christ is giving you eternal life? And that life starts immediately when you profess him as your Lord and Savior. What, do you, what, is that, what, what does that do? Well, being the goofball that I am, you know, I wrote my little song, but I'm not going to sing it. But, you know, it's like, will you go and share the gospel? Would you go on mission trips? To go share the gospel, you know? Would you hand out food to a man with a Fu Manchu? Would you do that? Would you hand out food to somebody that made you uncomfortable? Would you love others? Would your speech be to encourage? Would you give forgiveness that you've been holding on to, that you've been denying to give? Knowing that you truly knowing in your heart, living it out, understanding in your heart, not in your head, but you are living a life now because of Christ. Would that change all these things? 
Would your marriage be different? Because you're living life unto the Lord. Live life unto Jesus. I love Colossians, you guys, 3.17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Guys, really, as I am doing, I encourage you, and you can do with whatever you please with this, really step back and examine your heart, examine your day-to-day operations in your life. Are you living for Jesus? Are you living for self? Because oftentimes, if you find out, if you go through the little study like I'm doing, you live for self for a lot. A lot of selfishness in these vessels. But you know what? Christ is long-suffering. He's bearing with us. He's cheering us on. And he's encouraging us to turn it over to him. And he will take you through it. Look at life as serving, living life unto Jesus. Serving Jesus. Amen. Praise God for that. Now as we can conclude verses 5 through 10 we will see now that his brothers didn't believe in him after they openly, sarcastically mocked him. It says this, For even his brothers did not believe in him. Then Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me, because I testify of it that its works are evil. You go up to this feast. I'm not yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. When he had said these things to them, he remained in Galilee. But when his brothers had gone up to the feast, he also went up to the feast. Not openly, but as it were in secret. So here we see Jesus be bold. I mean, remember, guys, this feast was like almost mandatory. If you were a Jew, you're going. But Jesus, the Son of God, said, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. What do you mean you're not going? You have to go. No, my time is not yet. Remember, he didn't want to go up there because the church leaders wanted to kill him. Okay? His time was not yet. But he tells the brothers, he says, your time is always ready because you know what? This is what you always do. You can go. Just go. You're fine. You go. Because the world doesn't hate you. It hates me. Here we see that Jesus didn't move in his own time, but he moved in the Father's time. And when you live life unto the Lord Jesus, you are no longer on your time, but you're on God's time. God's time, you guys, is perfect. He has made everything beautiful in its time, Ecclesiastes says. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Waiting on God's time is not easy. Amen? Amen, it is not easy to wait on God's time. Amen saying, I agree to that. You know, that's what amen would be, you know. But waiting on, the God, waiting on God's time, though, is very special. Because in the midst of it, in the waiting, God will strengthen you. It says in Psalm, check this, check this out in Psalm 27. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your hearts. Wait, I say, on the Lord. That actually had an exclamation point at the end of it. 
Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. As God would say to us. God has a reason for his timing. A reason that we often don't know until it's present when it's there facing us. And for Jesus, again, if he went up to the feast, the Jews might have killed him on the spot. But God's timing can protect you. It can protect you. Because remember, there's a world out there that hates you. There's a world that hates you. What do, you, what do I mean by it hates you? It hates you because it hates Jesus Christ. It doesn't hate you. It hates the one who lives inside of you. Finding peace in his timing, you guys, is what the word directs us to do. Isaiah 40, 31, a verse that's very popular within uh, those in believers' hearts. Uh, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Again, waiting on God's timing, God will produce strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So if you think that you're tired and you can't wait any longer, I'm telling you, you can. You can wait. Because the strength of God, if you're truly waiting on His time, will strengthen you. And you will be able to withstand the waiting. You can wait. Because God's timing for the situation that you are waiting on, is it will happen according to His will and according to His perfect time. Because again, He makes everything, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Praise God for that. And so when we live life unto the Lord, we must not live it unto ourselves because that would be prideful, selfish. Living life unto the Lord is saying, you know what, I'm not here for any other man, I'm not here for any other things, but I'm here to glorify your name, Jesus. Believer, please, take note in your heart. Unbeliever, <laughs> God has a plan for you. Not, it doesn't just stop with believers. There's not just a section of people that have this great promise of God. It's open to all of you. Serve God, and he will give you the things of your heart's desire. And I truly believe that. If you're seeking God and you're denying self and you're looking to do his will, your will will be, your desires will be his desires. And he will fulfill those things. Live life unto the Lord means accepting his time schedule. And for us in this culture, that is the hardest thing to grab hold tight of. Because we want to be busy about our things and lean upon our timetable. We want it now. Now, 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 now. I want this property for our church. God hasn't given it to us. Yet, in since his time, because his ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than yours. God's timing is perfect. Therefore, we must remain in him, trust in him. And in the time of waiting, remember the promise that he will strengthen you. He will lift you up on wings like eagles. You will walk and you will not be weary. Amen. Live life unto the Lord, knowing that the, from the Lord you will receive the reward of your inheritance. For you serve Lord Christ. John 3.16, one of the most recognized verses in the Bible, reminds us that by believing in Jesus, God's only Son, we are set free from our sins and have gained eternity in heaven. 
God's love for us, His creation, caused Him to allow all the sin of the earth to be placed on the shoulders of His Son. Jesus then took the punishment for those sins, dying a painful death, just so that we wouldn't be separated from Him. Our prayer is that as Pastor Eric continues teaching through the book of John, you will grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus. If you've been touched by this series or you'd like to know more about Jesus, please give us a call at 520-723-7047. We'd love to share the freedom you can have with a personal relationship with Jesus. That number again is 520-723-7047. You can also connect with us by visiting our website at gracetothehearers.com where you'll also discover more about this ministry and find resources to enhance your study of God's Word. If, like many, social media is part of your everyday life, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We also have a YouTube channel where you'll find many videos of past messages from Pastor Eric's verse-by-verse study of the Bible. Find all this and more at our website, gracetothehearers.com. With that, our time has come to a close today. Pastor Eric will return soon with his continuing verse-by-verse study in the book of John right here on Grace to the Hearers.